0: Took a week off because you know uh, Tech sadly didn't have sports in Omaha, Nebraska last week or this week. But we're, that's neither here nor there. We are here for Science 173. Jake and Akshay are holed up in Midtown together because there is lightning uh, at Jake's current abode. So uh, that at, we're back. So they're back to their old days of how this used to happen before I joined on. Um, and also in the Zoom call is Ken Segura, no longer the Georgia Tech beat writer for the AJC, but sports columnist at the AJC. So. D- new position uh congrats on the new gig i guess ken
1: thank you very much i uh yeah i'm excited about it I, I, it's, it's been kind of weird not being the tech guy anymore but i appreciate you guys having me back
0: what should j- j- before we get to the article we want to talk to you about yeah. what should the people that have been reading you for a long long time now what mm-hmm. should they expect in terms of your relationship with tech going forward and where they may see you still pop in and out
1: okay well i mean i think uh i mean yeah my my charge i guess is is writing about sports in atlanta and the state of georgia and so obviously like i, I mean i know for, like actually i've already received the the schedule for the columnist rotation and i'll be at a few games and i'll be at the the game in mbs and nice. at least a couple more so i think you know cool as as tech is you know I, I feel like oh there's something interesting to say about this then i'll 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 be by but yeah certainly i'll you know
0: i'll be in and out i'm sure. Cool. Chad Marshall, yeah. for those that don't know, is the new the new Ken. I guess yeah. uh, going forward. So hopefully we'll have yeah. him on the podcast as yeah. uh, soon enough. He just had a child, so uh, Chad, Chad Bishop, by name. the way. Pat Bishop, yeah. Marshall. Oh, yeah. Okay, That's I know what Chad Marshall. Chad that was a slip up. <laughs> I said Marshall. I know what Chad Marshall. That's where Chad, the. Chad
2: Marshall is a well-respected retired central defender for the Seattle Sounders. Uh, Not,
0: <laughs> yes, this is where uh, this. Uh, oh my goodness, my soccer. I, I gotta say, Ken, Chad you're Bishop. welcome
3: back anytime, though. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you. But yes, no, Chad Bishop, will we'll, he'll get an invite to come on at some point. Yeah. Uh, so gonna. we wanted to bring Ken on because he wrote this really cool article about Brittany Donaldson, um, who, <clears throat> who now is working. I'll let you do more of the explaining, but basically she's a big data person in sports right now and one of the few female data person people in sports right now. Uh, and the Hawks hired her. And you talked with Nell Fortner extensively about, mm-hmm. I guess, the nature of... Females, female coaches, female staff members getting into men's basketball versus compared to the relationship of men's coaches and staffers getting into women's basketball. So, right, explain where what inspired the article and where what what you learned out of it. Sure, sure.
1: So, um, yeah. So as a columnist, uh, I'm you know trying to figure out what what is it what's going on out there that's that'd be worth writing about. And obviously, Brittany Donaldson's hire. She is the first female assistant coach in the Hawks franchise history, and maybe I think she's, she'd been at the the Raptors and with the Pistons and she, last year they, you know, she's one of the, one of the first 15 in league history. Mm-hmm. And so obviously, yeah, a pretty significant moment, um, in Atlanta and Hawks history. And so I thought oh, I'll be worth writing about her. And so I was trying to figure out, you know, what would be interesting, you know, would be hopefully interesting to write for her to write about regarding her. And I mean, the first part is, yeah, it's, it's a cool moment. Um, you know, it obviously, uh, for anyone who's interested in equality and people who getting a chance to do something, maybe they haven't been previously enabled, allowed, or able to do. It, it's mm-hmm. it's cool for that reason. But then, as I thought about it more, I was like, well, you know, it, it's still the case that in in college basketball and probably even high school basketball for that matter, um, you know, the men's game is very, very much still and and really the NBA NBA is to, to degree also, but certainly mm-hmm. much more so in in you know if you like the NCAA member schools and who's on their benches for men's basketball it's it's almost completely all men um and so I you know I, I was so I, I thought it'd be Nell Fortner would be someone to talk to because she's someone obviously who's been around college basketball a long long time and I was curious for her perspective and you know I think she, she was interesting she and a few other people were were optimistic that uh that more women will get a chance uh, to coach on the men's side, if that's something mm-hmm. they desire uh, in in the in the future, in the near future, even. And but uh, there's one number. So so I think like uh, just for the sake of perspective context, I think there's something like. I think among assistant coaches in Division One and also in NC six, like thirty thirty five thirty um, uh, four percent, the coaches are men mm-hmm. and on the in the women's game and on the men's side, I forget what the numbers. It was something like. I know in Division one, like there's like, no women head coaches. And like one out of every 222, I think yeah. it was yeah, that's what you're coaches at. I've, I've are, pulled up. And, yeah. Yeah. It was, are, uh... are, um, are women. Yeah. And, um, and obviously, you know, the point I made was, you know, you can argue if you want, which I wouldn't, you know, men are better suited to coach men, blah, blah, blah. But mm-hmm. you can't tell me that, you know, the ratio of qualified candidates you know for for an assistant coaching job in the mass basketball is 222 to one I, I right. think it's probably a little less than that so yeah hopefully in time um those numbers will will adjust and and more women will get the chance that they uh, deserve and uh yeah so that was that was the thrust of it that good for the Hawks good for the NBA but there's you know more work to do
3: it, it seemed like you talked to a, a bunch of interesting folks um for <clears> it I, I noticed um Oh, my gosh. What's her name? Uh, Georgia State's Beach Volleyball. Uh, yeah, ben, ben Fleet. Fleet. Yeah, yeah. Ben Fleet. Um, just, you know, in, in addition to obviously a, a lot of basketball folks. So really, um, really a, a broad perspective. So did appreciate that. Um, and I kind of had a question for you. Yeah. Obviously, um, might be most worthwhile to ask Don, Don Staley this. But I mean, as far as I was aware, it seemed like somebody tried to back up the Brinks truck for her. To come over to the it was oh I remember basketball? oh was I it? remember it was this. the NBA I, I
1: think it was an NBA sure. job I'm almost
3: pretty sure some
1: fell a fitting connection
2: it was like a Bill Simmons tweet situation where oh. he was like I <laughs> actually or where everyone knew that he wasn't he didn't actually know what he was talking about. Okay. Right. Okay. He just through Don's name, at, he like made the Philadelphia Don's Daily connection. Mm-hmm. Oh, it became like a story. It became a story because aggregated like, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Don makes like $3.5 million working with South Carolina. Okay. And no men's program would pay that much. Well, and
3: my the point I was going to with this is like, like yes, it, it's great to see like prominent women's coaches in the women's sport, but also like, like Dawn is great at coaching women's basketball and is an icon in in what she does. So I, I'm kind of interested to hear if it would be like if you think it would take a like a big name like that to break into the D1 or the NBA coach like head coaching ranks, or if it's more of like a you know rise up through the rank situation. I, I mean, obviously we're all just sitting around a podcast type thing, but I, I don't know. Do you have any prognostication for? Kind of how people have been coming up through the system. Obviously, I don't think we've seen it yet in any major sport, um, basketball or otherwise. So, um,
1: that's a good question, and I'm going to apologize in advance for my dogs. I'm not sure what they see outside, but they—they're very intrigued. Um, so, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, well, actually, for instance, like it was interesting that, that I think the day or two, or the day that I wrote this story, um, there was a, a G League coach um, who. A woman who had been named their, the, code, the G League, the coach for the G League team for the Kings, um, and she was someone. She's actually, and I, I, I feel, I think her last name is Harding. I, I, I should Lindsay know her Harding. name, but Lindsay yeah. Harding. So she was a a prominent um, women's basketball player, she played in the WNBA, uh, but you know, obviously, in terms of name recognition in on the men's side, I think we could probably say she, it wasn't great. Not certainly not like Don Staley. Um, But she was uh, an assistant, I think, with either with the Kings or with their team and or with the G League team. And through that, you know, ascended to the taking the the G League job. And so, you know, you look at Becky Hammond, um, you know, probably the most prominent uh, female coach on the men's side. Um, You know, she again, she her path was more like that than, you know, Don Staley's would be. Um, So. I, I would, I would guess it would be that way. And I, you know, I know, obviously like you say, Dick, we're all just talking on a podcast speculating um, without a ton of uh, facts to, to back it up. But I think I would, as I think about it, I would think it would probably be that like, if I had to, you know, guess or predict how this would happen, I think it would probably be like a, someone who becomes an assistant coach and, Gains the respect of the team that she's around and, and around the league. And, you know, she ha- builds up enough credential, you know, credential on, you know, in the NBA or, or, in, or in division one that, that people feel, you know, that decision makers feel comfortable. Okay. Yeah. She, she would fit as opposed to someone like Don Staley, who obviously, you know, there's no need to, to question her. I mean, all the credentials you want, but would be coming completely fresh into the men's side. And I could see where, Again, you know, the 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 people making those decisions will be like, oh, you know, we don't know if if she can do it or not. Like it is interesting, like you know, I wrote a story about Becky Hammond, you know, and obviously this is someone who had been with the Spurs and and you know had the the backing of you know Greg Popovich and all these other people. Um, you know, she was still being asked, you know, how do you think you can lead a men's team and, and would, would they respect you and those sorts of things? And so if someone who's already proven herself on the med side is getting those questions, you know, how much more would you have those questions for someone, you know, coming from the WNBA or, or a women's team in, in, in division one. So th- that'd be my, that's how I would see it happening. But obviously, yeah. you know, who knows? I mean, if, you know, I, I could certainly see why someone would want Dawn Staley to coach their NBA team. that would make yeah. a lot of sense.
0: Yeah. Uh, Becky was yeah, I I, I, the big example there. A lot of people thought, Probably should have been considered for the various openings that were available a couple, three years ago right? on the NBA front. And, I mean, her, uh, granted, the Aces are uh, both have this, probably one of the best coaches out there and easily the best female roster in the States right now. So it makes sense why they're winning all the games that they're winning. I mean, look, I the NBA saying, is
2: just contractually obligated to hire from the same pool of thirty-five guys. Like, I,
1: <laughs>
3: that's just that's just what the case is. The, that, the NHL that, is the same. I was going to say not, the not, NFL feels like the same thing too. It's like, oh, Bill O'Brien, here he comes. Yeah. <laughs> but, but that's the thing, right? It, it,
2: it takes one. It takes one team or one executive to have that sort of uh, a leap of that faith. To, it, it. They've got to take that leap um, and, and be courageous in that way as well. Like they have to be like, okay. This person is, is just as good as as good, if not better, as any other right. option that we have on the table. Um, and we're now not hiring from the same pool of 35 dudes who mm-hmm. are middle-aged and like haven't played NBA ball in 20 years and still think they know how the works, <laughs> right? So right. Um it, yeah, it's, I, okay. it be, it's a tough road to, it's like a t- it's a it's a tough road just to get because you can have the buy-in of the roster, but then you get to the executive level and, and especially. Like those guys, they see risk. They're they're like very heightened in terms of risk aversion because it's their job on the line if the coach right. fails. Right. Right. So yeah. um, it gets, yeah, it, it's it's tough. Um, but it that doesn't mean that it's impossible. That doesn't mean someone shouldn't do it.
1: Yeah, I would I would wonder like now that we're you know, if it'd be one of those situations like I don't remember. This is probably before your time, but like uh, Dean Smith and Bill Guttridge. So Dean Smith, you know, Bill Guthridge was uh, Smith's assistant for years and years. And I think, I think was, I've read that as I happen, like he, he, so Smith retired, I think it was like in the middle of summer. Um, and at a point where, you know, North Carolina really wasn't in a position to let's, let's, you know, go out and hire a coach. So they, they had to, um, almost had to hire Smith's assistant. And so I'd wonder if it'd be something like that where you know, if Hammond were still with the Spurs, if if Popovich kind of mm-hmm. would design, okay, here I'm gonna I'm gonna retire in a way that it's almost impossible for the Spurs to be able to hire someone else, or or you know, so I would wonder if it might be something like that, or. But yeah, I think uh, it's funny out. I, I was talking with um, Jim Phillips, the the ACC commissioner, and he said something about that. Like, and we were talking more about you know women getting a chance to coach um, in Division one schools, and he thought it'll. He said, yeah, it kind of almost we exactly said. He said it'll take someone you know, who who who's confident progressive, maybe has a little more um, you know, is in a position where he can take a risk to hire, you know, to bring on someone who who, you know, would be very different from from the mold. Um, but it's interesting, like the one thing I thought, or one thing I thought is that it's, you know, it's um it's almost kind of like a market inefficiency where you've got this you know, half the half the pool, half the gender, yeah. the world's yeah. population that you're completely ignoring just because oh, we haven't done this before, or I'll take a lot of heat for it or whatever. But you know, there there gotta be plenty of people out there that and women that that can do this job and do it well. So sure. yeah. Yeah. You
3: know. I mean, I, that that kind of ties into I mean, not necessarily a one to one here, but some of the work that Robert Pinion has done on our site in the past talking about um, you know a lot of, a lot of the coaches just in all the pools and this is more tied to football is you know your, your white guy coaches like you're you're ignoring l- large swaths of, and at that point far more than 50 percent of the market when you're only hiring from the same old good old boys network yeah and it, i mean all of
2: these are good old boys networks right yeah. like every every coach that hits and they everyone wants to work for them yeah and they they keep bringing their connections on to each and every stop they uh, they're the ones that all the information feeds into and then feeds from. Right. So, um,
3: even a relatively young guy, you know, you're, uh, uh, Mikhail yeah, and Kyle Shanahan, Shanahan like, Sean
2: McVeigh, like those yeah. guys,
3: I mean, yeah. Like
2: Mike McDaniel got hired at, uh, hired at Miami because of, because of Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, Hello, it's a similar story, except I can't remember who's trees from, but yeah, it, you have to as they're exact... all
0: entangled like old Rome, like old European empires at this point. The Belichick tree is the Shanahan tree is the McCarthy right, right, right. tree. It's all the same now.
2: Right, and it's I think part of that is that people think that there's an implicit layer of like competence and trust or trust incompetence right. from uh, a recommendation like that. Um, but part of it is just is is laziness not to look at uh, not to look at a pool in its entirety. Right, and, and and the other part of it is bias, like it's an implicit bias. So, um, it I think, like we've been saying, it's going to take uh, an executive that is probably in their first couple of years of putting together a team, um, and that is younger, that is probably that is more progressive, that is willing to take take hits,
3: and then also if it if it doesn't work out, be willing to do it again well, potentially, and and right? at a team or an organization where it's like you got to rock the boat somehow. Yeah. I kind of think. Yeah. So it, it, again, like I, I think it's, it's going
2: to be tough, but someone will do it Someone, The person who does it will, will
0: profit off of it. Um. So yeah, probably. I, just have I, do, to see I do want to shift towards Nell specifically. Cause she, you mentioned, she talked about how there may be a but there may have been a door for her to go coach in the men's game at some point in her past, but didn't then did TV after Auburn did TV came to tech. We've rehearsed, we've rehashed that whole part of her career. Did what did did what did you learn about her career specifically just to get this more tech Georgia sort the of tech focused about sure. maybe where she thought her other paths may have gone? Or uh-huh. you kind of maybe just based on how she was talking about that, what kind of how she felt about that part of her career that she right. maybe could have done but didn't?
1: Yeah. So uh as we were talking, uh I forget if I asked her specifically or she brought it up, but she said that at one point in her career, she thought about, oh, maybe I'd like to coach on the men's side. And I, I to my, to my regret, I wish I'd asked her like when exactly was it was my, my sense of it was, it was, it wasn't like, it was a couple of years ago. It was, mm-hmm. you know, probably towards the start of her career. Um, but, you know, but she chose against it. And actually, yeah, this is the interesting part. As I asked her, I was like, well, do you think part of the reason why you didn't was you looked at, the industry and thought there's no way i'll get a chance and she's like yeah that's probably exactly what it was mm. and so it's not i mean in the, in the point i was making it, uh, in the story was it, it obviously it's not like you know um th- this was some great disservice to to basketball because she's done very very well and you know it's been the women's if, if it were ever to happen it, you know it did it, it, but it's 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 the women's games gain, game and it's it's the men's game loss men's games lost that someone who's obviously as as proven a coach as she is, you know, was was I wouldn't say denied, but certainly, you know, wasn't made welcome or pursued, I guess for that yeah. matter, to coach on the men's side. Um so yeah, it's it's kind of interesting, what if? Uh and obviously things have worked out very well for her. But uh but yeah, you wonder if someone had been smart enough to say Hey, you know, you know, you're doing a really good job with wherever you are. Maybe it was a, you know, Purdue or before then. Mm-hmm. What do you think about coaching over, you know, and like and actually? There, so the only thing anything interesting that she said was that, like, when she was with at Purdue and when she was um, with uh, the Fever, the WMB team she coached and was GM for, she said that, and actually, like, I then when she was also the the Olympic coach, that you know, coaches on the men's side were were always welcoming and helpful and. You know she was talking about going up to see um Rick Carlisle with the Pistons and bringing tape and the going over it and and Rudy Tom was the her you know um uh colleague on the men's side with the Olympic team and I guess 2000 I think it was and you know always nothing but helpful to to her um she said but uh but yeah it, it you know you, you wonder it'd be, it'd be interesting to go back and find those guys and say hey you were around Del Forner. She was clearly a good coach. Did you ever think, oh, maybe it'd be worth, you know, asking her about an opening, but, um, but yeah, but that, I mean, that was funny. Like, and I, I'm sure at that time, it just, the idea of it was, it was just for, I I was going to say for better or worse, obviously for worse, it was just not a possibility or not thought of as, and and, you know, I guess the world wasn't ready for it. Yeah. It wasn't
0: inherently obvious. Like, oh, maybe the, First coach is good enough to, you right. know, to <laughs> right. be a head yeah. coach on a different team or something like yeah. that. So, yeah. no, it's interesting. I, I mean, that makes me think I'll I wonder how her and Damon Stoudemeyer get along this coming season and if they do yeah. shared learnings and stuff like yeah. that between right. the two of them. Um, yeah. I am mean, sure, there's some defensive stuff that Nell can teach just about anybody that's ever coached on a basketball team. Right. So. Yeah.
3: And I mean, it, admittedly from both sides, like uh, bet- between, L- I mean, heck, Josh Passner coached the women's team there for a, a minute, but you know what I mean? Like he and right. L- yeah. got along, like, in terms of like, as a, as a team. So I, mm-hmm. I think Jack's question is doubly pointed just because there is that history of, at least um, as far as they say to the media, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, of yeah. uh, being,
0: I mean, they're colleagues. It's, it's kind of the yeah. point. Yeah. Does anyone have any final words here before we move on last sentiments on basketball coaching in general?
2: I I have one just to key on something that is, I guess, near and dear to my heart. Uh, you mentioned a lot about how Donaldson's role as an assistant coach is analytics oriented. Mm-hmm. Um, is there any more that they said or, or that uh, Donaldson said, or that uh, was revealed about that in particular?
1: Uh, not, I mean, I, 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 actually didn't talk to her. Um, and I haven't talked with any with the Hawks about her. I actually will, um, hopefully I'll have an opportunity sooner or later, but, um, but I, yeah, to, to answer your question. No, I don't. I mean, I know, like you're saying it's her, her background is very much in analytics and I, but at the same time, I think it's a disservice to say she's an analytics person. I think, you know, she, she was a coach on the bench for, for, the, pist- or just, yeah, the pistons and the, and the raptors so you know there's there's more to it than that but obviously she's bringing that that bent uh which is which is um yeah it's i think obviously anytime you're able to add more elements of of understanding the game and and, and finding ways to win that's obviously um going to be help.
2: yeah i mean that's two layers of market inefficiency right there right we talked about <laughs> <Right>. hiring, hiring, <laughs> hiring, yeah. hiring assistant coaches and then also investing investing in data and i haven't I I will admit I haven't done the entirely done the reading on what the Hawks uh, data department looks like I know your
3: colleagues, I know the Falcons, I
2: know the Falcons uh, have a pretty stacked roster I I, I know United is working on that, um, and I know. Uh, what other teams are in town? I guess that that's the other two teams. The town. Bra- oh yeah, the <laughs> yeah. Hey, other two teams in town. Technically not in town. <laughs> um, uh, the, Bra- the Braves' Findings
3: finest. Yeah. The the
2: Braves <laughs> the Braves have a veritable army of of analysts, so yeah. it, it, it's yeah. it's good to see. I mean, from me in a, in a pet interest standpoint, it's good to see investment and obviously tying it back yeah. to this, like you said, two market inefficiencies that they're taking right. advantage. Yeah. of. Um, with that.
1: Yeah, I will say one more thing. Um, this is kind of I I. In looking at and preparing for the story, and and looking at the, uh, I was trying to figure out is there someone else besides Nell Fortner that we were talking to, and um, I noted that their their graduate manager on the women's team, Lauren James, and she was in the story. um, She um, she played at an AI school in in Indiana and graduated with the degrees in uh, math and computer science, and and had entered.
3: Was it Rose Holman?
1: Now it's uh Taylor University. It's a yeah, it's a small school. But um and then and then she had internships with the the Pacers and the um uh, 49ers and now is is a manager for for the women's team. And now she's actually yeah, she's she's getting a degree in a masters in uh analytics I think it is. So yeah. obviously a really really smart person and um it was interesting. I was asking her like how much are you able to to you know I guess I guess do analytics or whatever. For, I'm sure there's a better verb uh, for for the women's team. And she was saying, you know, there, there's, you know, as far as like what's you know widely available, there it's the the data is not quite what you'd have in the NBA, and so there's only so many things she can do. I think, but uh, but it's kind of cool that yeah you know, she's in this place where obviously a, a place that values people that can think uh, in that in that way, and and you know maybe there's a way that she's able to contribute, you know, in her, in her remaining season at Tech. And, but uh, yeah, the other thing is like, it'll be curious to see kind of what, if she's able to follow a path like, like Brittany Donaldson or whomever else, you know, Now that, you know, a more, you know, the there's more of a place for women, you know, marginally so. And, but also be like, you're saying, actually there's, you know, analytics is becoming more and more embraced. So We'll see. She may be the most. I mean, maybe maybe she'll be running a team in 20 years, and I'll say, "Gosh, I'm," you know, remember when? But uh, but yeah. So yeah, it was. Uh, I'm, I'm glad I was able to talk with her.
0: That's really cool. Um, yeah. Thanks for thanks for writing that. That was just fun for us to think about as well. Oh um, sure, yeah. Before you leave, let's shift over to golf because I know you pay yeah. attention somewhat to the to the big old golf stuff that happened with Tech and <laughs> them getting darn so close to winning a title and yeah. Steelman getting darn so close to winning a title. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe the sad part about Steelman bogeying his last three holes in the individual title was him losing his Masters spot. Um, right, right. But yeah. now, Crystal Lamprecht, uh-huh. uh, now RNA amateur champion status, has earned himself an invite to the Masters next year. He won the they basically effectively won the British Amateur. Um, so right. He's in there. Um, he also did really good at the Arnold. He was I think he played the Arnold Palmer Cup too. Um, so he's had, oh, that's right, right. So he's had a couple. Yeah, that was big it. big time stuff recently and kind of Connor Howe and a couple of other guys are playing another lo- uh, smaller tours nationwide. So, um, big, big stuff for Christo. We'll have at least one yellow jacket and Augusta. there's usually two or three four, depending on how the years go down. Um, right. But just in general, what did you take in from the end of the golf season of what you kept track of? Did you talk to any of them at the end or anything like that?
1: Um, well, the answer to that question, the answer is no. Uh, I, I was, I guess I had, a little bit moved on, and also I was on vacation, <laughs> so like, I'll, I'll use those as as excuses. But um, but certainly, yeah. I mean, you know, um, anyone who knows Bruce Hepler just knows what a good guy he is, and and certainly his record at Tech speaks for itself. Um, you know, they're almost always in the like, they're almost always in the NCAA tournament or the NCAA championships. Um, you know, they won a ton of ACC tournaments or championships, I guess they're called, or maybe they're tournaments, top but regardless. Yeah. 10. Always in the top 10, you know, just all Americans left and right. Uh, And, and I think what's, what's, you know, I'm not telling you guys anything new, but when you, particularly when you compare what he's done with any other team at tech uh, in that time, it, it's amazing. And, yeah. you know, if you, you know, it'd be, it'd be incredible if it was a Stanford or it, you know, UCLA or, or wherever, but, you know, I think all the more so at tech where, where, you know, there, as you guys hear and you guys know there, there's challenges and obstacles and he's found a way to kind of, to make it work and, and they've, they've really got it rolling. And so, but the, the one thing, you know, unfortunately that he has yet to accomplish or tech has yet to accomplish on his watch um is to win a national championship. So, yeah, I was, I was, actually I was, uh on me you know actually i was in japan so i i but you know i was still very kind of curious you know as as tech was making it's marched into the mm. through match play of like man that, could, could they do it this year and um you know you, you you loved it for for tech and for for bruce in particular for that to, to happen but obviously they ran into a very good team and um fell short so it's you know obviously finishing second in the country in anything is great, and so yeah. it's you know you hate you, you don't want to you know um, uh, limit or or or, or discount what happened because it's it's and, you know it's a team that um, you know they didn't really pull together until the very I think they tell me if I'm they didn't win a tournament hey, until, a until the ACC tournament totally.
3: yeah. yeah and they yeah. they like oh, ACC tournament right yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah 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 and then they 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 you know they. They went to the regional and, and were dominant there and and played really well, obviously at NCA. So um yeah. another another really, really good season for for the Techman, uh tech golf team. But it, yeah, the, the regarding Christo, um, yeah, I wrote something about him right around uh I guess as hours, as they were going to NCAAs, I th- think. Um and I was writing I was writing a story about him and just how he was able to he was really turning his play on and he was saying how and and Bruce was saying how um, you know, really last fall even his his results were kind of up and down. And it was clear he had the talent, you know, he hits like 320 off the tee and, and um had the ability to 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 be to be much better, but was having, you know, top 10 one, one week and you know, you know, fiftieth the right. next. And uh what I think Bruce and um Devin Stan, the assistant coach, were telling him was like, listen, you know, you the, the, I mean, it was he, he wasn't you know it's often he was just wasn't pressing enough that you know he was when things were going well he's like okay i've, I've got it figured out and, and they didn't see him quite as much on the, at the practice you know range and mm. and then when he was struggling he would you know kind of maybe go in too hard and and you know kind of skew things that way but so at that point you know, over the winter break and going forward i think he was much more consistent in how he was working on his game and and the results uh followed um so the last thing I'll say about this is anything actually with that, the Masters uh this this past April and um I I, I believe yeah Larry Mize the 82
0: 83 no 86 is Jack that's 84 I'm sorry but uh yeah and a Master
1: Champion in Uh, in the 80s um obviously that that incredible chip to be greg norman Mm -hmm. um uh and he he so yeah so he was the only tech player former tech player at the masters last year and he was uh, he announced that he was not going to continue playing competitively um at at the masters Mm -hmm. you know he's in his 60s and you know just the 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 amount he's playing and the length of the course where, you know, it was to the point where he just couldn't, I, mean, I just probably didn't feel like he could really compete in a way yeah, that he wanted so to. Yeah. yeah. And so after his last round, I, I asked him, you know, um, you, you know, we, we need, you know, how, how are you going to get some more tech guys here? And cause I think, you know, like uh, Stuart sink, I think his exemption through winning the British is, is out. That's and out this point. And, yeah. uh, and I think actually Kuchar was close qualifying through uh you know whatever is world golf ranking or fedex points or something but he just missed oh and and there's no one else that is you know obviously like clearly on the to the point where you know he's a lock to make it next year and so um so yeah so it, it would it very much appeared like you could go next year without having anyone from tech in it and so now Chris Delampek to the rescue, and and the, the streak will continue. Yeah, we got one. And so and you know maybe Kucher and someone else will join him. But uh, yeah, yeah, it,
0: yeah. Kucher feels like at any point in the next still like six seven years he can still right. find his way in something right. like that. And yeah. I mean the rest of the rest of this past year's team for Tech is yeah, you never know when one of them can make well, it past the corn fact... ferry, past PJ Canada, and be like, nope, okay, we're here now. And they go right. get T thirtieth in the tournament and get All some right. real points. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah. Jack, this is something that's. I think probably dates from like the first year we did this podcast. But I mean, on any given day, any one of these golf teams that we've seen put together since, at least since I got to tag, which was too long ago now. But um, I saw you roll your eyes, Akshay. Anyways, don't anyways, tell that to Larry Mize. <laughs> on, on any on any given day, um, it seems like they could be the best in the country. Yep. Laided hot take: the 2020 team. Probably was even better than this one, but never got to prove it because of COVID. Um, They would have destroyed an NCAA. Ogletree, Stefraci. Oh Oh, my goodness, it would have been. Yeah, I think about that more than I care to admit. Oh my god, (laughs) they would have destroyed an NCAA tournament field. They were all that to say. I think we saw that in this team this year, right? It was when they played that regional. That was like the best postseason round of golf they've ever had, and this is a decorated team. This is a team that's. Tied for Stoic. the most ACC titles of all time with Wake Forest, who had 30 years of racking those up before we got in the conference um, to do that. So um, just wild. And and especially contrasting Christo's, I mean, I'd say pretty incredible hot streak since the yeah. season for the NCAA ended with, you know, man, there are a couple strokes one way or the other for him or for someone else. That, and, and that's a title. And I, I don't know. He- he- hepler's still bringing in the in the hardware and his boys are consistently great so it 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 does hurt not to see him get over and i know this is a point you made a, a while back but i did want to say it. he he's a an accomplished coach no matter what but man it, it just seems like that's like the thing right he's he's had chris Dowin, the the amateur he's had um strafaci and ogletree in in the u.s like that's you, you can't it, what dozens of ACC titles the record speaks for itself yeah I that, think is yeah. where we kind of leave it the <laughs> record speaks for itself
1: thank you actually
2: uh, <laughs> well I didn't he was going to go over the entire metal case so I got to give him a I got to give his voice rest but <laughs> it's but a the lot point longer is, than
3: Virginia Tech's you the, know
2: <laughs> great still cool. empty but yeah but my, my I, I think the overarching point is it just sucks right it, yeah. it sucks mm. to see them like it still sucks to see them go get so close to the precipice and and it's like you a, said it's, it's a couple it's strokes a here. And there. Sucks. Yeah. It's not a right. boo. Yes.
3: Uh, yeah. Yeah, no that that a yeah. Um <laughs> let, let the dead be dead, okay
0: Oh my God.
2: His dead may never die. Oh. Uh I, I think <laughs> I, I think that's all the Talk we have for golf. Oh God, uh, Jack, that's... do you have anything else?
0: I, I think I think we're good there. We got it. we got Cristo and the Masters. We'll all have a guy to collectively root for with no previous golf entanglements in the current saga of the golf world. So that's that. That's nice. We did mention
2: Greg Norman. That was a good moment because the only thing that I could think about was Larry Mize defeating Live's <laughs> champion Greg Norman. Yes, yes,
0: yes. <laughs> um, no, that's all we got. Um, no, Ken, thanks so much for hopping on and chatting with us on. Another know one of the summer nights before, uh, I don't know, we probably won't even be recording next week, who knows, the week after that, so glad we got some time with you before, who knows what the hell happens next with Tech, so. Right. Yeah, my, my
1: pleasure, and always always fun to talk with you guys, I, I, mean, I always, like, I always feel like my, my knowledge of, if nothing else, my knowledge of, like, Tech's more prominent non-revenue teams is pretty good, but then I come on with you guys, and <laughs> you guys still know more than I do, so. It's... Kudos to you. I I uh, get him. Imbe- I, I
0: I Jake. I think I know a lot, and then I have to sit in the room oh. with Jake, and it's like, <laughs> oh dear God. Virtual room. I,
3: I gotta I gotta tell you. I'm guys. the one that's sitting
0: in the actual room. Yes. I, gotta, <laughs> I gotta
3: tell you. <laughs> I, I gotta tell you. I just finished digitizing all 16,000 Georgia Tech. Yeah, you see what I'm dealing with here? All right, all right. You get them like off, the off, the <laughs> oh, off the mic. So if you know how the 1952 tennis team did or something? Uh-huh. Oh, dear God. All, all right. right. I, I can run it off. Well, it. we'll,
0: <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll we, this might require an in person tutorial or I, I don't know what. We'll see. Oh, all right. Yeah, There's man. a
3: website and everything. It's a whole mess. All right. All, all right. right. Well, no, well I'm trying to make it public. We'll we're getting him to learn programming by hook or by crook when we get him to learn how to be a software engineer. Yeah, it's not translate to the working world sorry 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 got tech but... my, my, my goodness all right
0: well ken thanks for your time <laughs> okay. um, yeah my pleasure i need i need jake to give jake a second before he can do his ad read so uh, right. have a good evening
3: <laughs> all right thanks you guys yep all right i'm gonna do the ad read because we're rolling on with this um i think the biggest news for our favorites Uh, podcast business. Section 103 has a clearance section. Now, I don't know if you gents saw that, but uh, that means you can get Section 103 for a a great price. Um, I saw some ATL logo stuff there, the football over Atlanta, Georgia Tech. Go check it out. Um, Because the thing about clearance, and I did see this in a tweet, so I feel comfortable saying it, means I think that there might be new stuff coming in, which is just as exciting. Not only can you get great products at a great price, Uh, including t-shirts, sweatshirts, a whole variety. Um, A welcome to Atlanta skyline shirt. Yeah, get them while they're there. Um, Hopefully that means we see some great stuff coming soon too, because you can get a great price here. And this is good stuff. I wear section 103. Um, No, not more than I care to admit. I will loudly admit that I wear it all the time. He's not wearing it right now. I I have not been home since church and that was at like nine this morning. So it's been a long day. But that being said, um, yes. Uh, go check them out. Go check them out on clearance and uh, section 103.com and at section 103 on Twitter uh, as not just this, but new things hopefully are in the pipeline as well as always for shipping on orders over 70 bucks. Gents, back to you.
2: All right. I will take back over the con for our, I guess this is the the Ides of the Summer episode. Let's talk about the newest Campus. The newest iteration of the campus plan called the comprehensive campus plan. There's a couple of different aspects to this, but it's been gestating for a couple of years after the introduction of Angel Cabrera um, as Institute president. A couple of the factors here. We're looking at a bunch of strategic initiatives, um, a historic preservation plan, instructional space planning, landscape, stormwater student athletic performance there are a lot of pieces so i'm just going to roll through these bobby dodd housing midtown the midtown uh connector cap which i'm sure we've talked a lot about before uh Put the
3: soccer stadium on it wait what the oh
2: uh parking and transportation pts uh, there's a there's a plan for that the, seriously anything that you can think of in, in a in relationship to georgia tech there is Put a the greek center plan the greek sector plan
3: actually I, uh, yeah, I, I said anything
2: i said anything Anything, but there are a couple points that I, I, we wanted to touch on specifically uh, as part of this because no one has the time to go. Well, Jake has the time to watch the to I, one-hour town hall. I,
3: I watched this after I get sitting through this being presented to me live, so I've really seen this twice. Okay, um, actually, let's start
2: there. I think this is a good place. To, so, you you had an opportunity to get to to, to walk through this presentation, yes. What was the timeline? The, the timeline for this, like the
3: developing this plan. Let's
0: also clarify who was giving this presentation and so who also was that. getting presented to. Pot,
3: so yeah, every podcast was, is someone's first. It was the architectures and consultants that do this. So my involvement in school was with the strategic plan. That was like one of the first plans uh, from this new administration, and that was high level, right? Pillars and thoughts and philosophies and things. And then you saw things like branding, and now you're seeing comprehensive campus plan um think of it as a master plan they used to call it the master plan in the most pre the, the previous update but now i guess it's so many plans rolled into one and you know uh, i would also hope that you don't use the acronym what, for this one whatever sure. whatever the difference is between a climate action toolkit and a climate action plan you know we got those we've got really any sub plan but that that's how you do it right you you it's one thing to have a really broad master plan but then not attack specific components right and it's breaking up uh into manageable chunks i i know for us one thing that i didn't see on our uh extensive list is there was a decent chunk of conversation uh at least with the the young alumni group about um like campus transit and um you know there's some people it like, shows oh, up
0: it shows up on you
3: but your- but cars and things and, and and you know people are talking about um uh, like things like that and and um really anything that you could think uh could be a part of this is, right? Um, and, and whether that's internal programming or just what's in the spaces, let alone the spaces themselves. Because a lot of times you might think of a master plan and just think of it as, boom, here's what we're building. And it, it's not really that either, right? It's not locking specific parts into specific parcels and specific uses into specific rooms. It's thinking about needs and thinking about um, you know, what, what that long-term build out of Text campus looks like. and And it's something that even though the most recent master plan wasn't all that long ago um in terms of focus in terms of how tech is trying to be connected into neighborhoods i mean science square wasn't really a glimmer in anyone's eyes um even 4 or 5 years ago um no. let alone um you know how how we kind of see it literally rising uh, above above the west side and, and and you know things like this change so it's something that does that does come up and i think at least in the live one a lot of it was just trying to get people familiar with what what this all entailed right like because a lot yeah. of people don't think about planning in a day-to-day thing if it doesn't cross their doesn't cross their lives
2: i, I think one of the things that you mentioned there that they're we're not actually allocating specific parcel specific reasons is actually really important because you also have to remember in all this georgia tech is in a bit of it's painted itself into a corner right they have Physi- physically yeah in them. terms of space yeah, yeah they they have that one extension over into the west side but for the most part they're stuck in the in the parcel that they have they have yeah. to do with, they have to make do with the space that they have and there's no real way to expand the campus anymore not like there was in the 50s and 60s no. and well certainly even, not even well, like there was in the
3: 2000s well even in the 50s and 60s well, that required were, paving over a giant part of home park so you know uh, it's, look it's like jack I don't know if you know this. Um, couch, uh, the couch building where Mm -hmm. the band practices. Yep, that was the elementary school or the the primary.
0: I may have heard that before.
3: For the neighborhood that is now West Campus.
0: Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I mean, in the same way
3: that O'Keefe was the middle middle school. school Yep, yep, yep. Or Midtown, when Midtown was a Mm -hmm. residential neighborhood, right? Like these are. It's not like Tech was like, oh, we've got all this land. It. Yeah, urban renewal. They took. Like Tech Parkway is literally a very famous example of urban renewal. They yeah. took urban advantage of. We did a urban podcast renewal. on this at some point. Eh,
2: no, we wrote it. Oh, thing we did write a piece. It. We okay, wrote a whole thing about saying. it. Engineering and program. Go check it out. But but they are stuck for the most part within the footprint. The Science Square is an expansion opportunity, but we're but the idea with all of these squares, and I, I don't know if this touches on it, is that. Is, is is that, well, it's circle in a way because they're all partnerships, right? They're all partners. They're public-private partnerships. It's the AT, uh, that's the ATDC model. Yeah, yeah. And, and it worked with ATDC. Mm-hmm. It worked, it's worked with Tech
3: Square, right? They have a lot of people investing in Synergy. Well, and, and, and that's what the ATDC and Synergy model was. And if, if people out there haven't read Wayne Clough's memoirs uh, that came out fall 21, I want to say, that's a great place to start because what's driving the thoughts um, in Midtown of the development of Scheller and of Barnes and Noble and of Tech Hotel and of ATDC and Synergy is exactly what's happening now on the West side in a very similar, very similar. Pattern. I mean, yeah. And, and Midtown back then
2: used to be just a, I mean, until pretty recently, it used to be just a bunch of, not but, warehouses, but like chop shops and small, mm-hmm. like residential to a certain extent, but like very like, the part I that I don't know the how the to say very been, nice
3: things uh, about it. redeveloped doesn't look like what the stuff on the east side of Piedmont looks like. Yeah, is what right. you're saying.
0: Right, that makes a lot of sense.
3: And 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 one thing I want to like circle back here at, in terms of the spots and squares, these priorities are going to change, right? Coda building, Science Square, these are not things that were in the, the previous master plan, at least not explicitly. Maybe co- maybe Coda just in the general, like maybe we redeveloped Tech Square, but like it really wasn't in terms of stuff that's been publicly released like it, it's not something that just straight up went out there and i think where it's important and a good thing for us to kind of use as a perfect example of this is there's plenty of old master plans where what is now meborn was more greek housing and parking and things like that and softball was slated to go if you will over closer to marietta which to tie this into kind of i think where find it most relevant to science of the southland is where they're currently talking at least in uh the uh, there's two plans that they presented them like moderate growth and the aggressive growth and in the more aggressive one they're talking about putting a a varsity size soccer field honestly kind of in the same exact spot where softball was slated to go years and years ago
1: yeah
2: well let's get there
3: right let's let's talk about one of the major pillars of this plan which is talking about space drivers and
2: needs some of the things that, that have been mentioned in the in the presentation talking about enrollment growth and mm-hmm. how that drives space needs. And, and we're
3: already at deficits for some things, even with the enrollment growth. Oh, my God. We day. were at deficits when I when we were in school. Oh, and that yeah. was not that long ago. Yeah. Uh, green we were, space being chief green, among that.
2: Green space. One of the things that you, we have listed here is recreation. It's not just. Weight rooms are a big thing. It's, it's not just the actual athletic facilities. Right? We, we, we
3: mentioned the well, soccer field, but it's public. There's four public squat ra- squat racks for 30,000 kids. Yeah. Like that, that was a big it's deal. It's up
0: to 10 ball. now, actually.
3: Oh, well,
2: but I, I think one of the things, if I can, but I only have to wait
3: a half an hour instead of an
2: hour. I think one of the things here that's that was good, at least while I was at school, is that they built the tech connector in between two of the freshman dorms. And that gives students like an extra space. Right, we'll talk about more yeah. connecting rooms later on, but that gives students an extra space to to do that. That's not a mile away on the other side of campus. So I think it, they're addressing it, but it's obviously very slow. Part yeah. of that's going to yeah. have to be a priority moving forward.
0: And a lot of these other priorities they were mentioning was like the Tech is intentionally growing their student base, like the, like the yeah. number of people yes. they want in Midtown on campus. They want that number to grow. I've talked to Rick Clark about this. We mentioned this on an episode I did with him about a month and a half ago. They got some four thousand in it, people coming in, um, and their goal was somewhere around four K, and they want to make that a larger number in terms of that's just undergrad. That's not even transfer, um, and even and we're, at... we're graduates. So like that's a that's already a larger number that to 4K, four K four thousand times I don't know, four know, point five. You're talking about twenty thousand just undergrads on campus, and they want that number to be bigger. And we I mean, even don't at seventy
2: five percent of that. But I was a when I was a freshman that they were running out of places to put freshmen, right? right. North yeah. Ave was, is traditionally upperclassmen housing, but it's yeah. having to be used
3: for, for more and
2: more freshman housing yeah. as more and more uh, as more and more and kids are coming in. And yeah. also after Woody's was taken offline. Woody's
3: uh, isn't taken offline. Uh, the Did the housing was... part wasn't taken offline? I don't think so. It's it's going to get no. taken no. off it's, if it hasn't already. Been, there were kids living in it that I – New from swim club when i was a grad student okay
2: check that part but just the dining hall was
3: taken offline and they're building they did announce uh, a new building going next to it finally right that's the first on campus on campus
2: first on campus dorm construction and
3: well uh, um, depends on how you count renovations new building first first on campus new new building and since they bought north Ave apartments yeah um, in ages and even before that and what they need to do if you're calling jake is Blow out 8th Street to go all the way out to Northside. So that way you can come and go that way too. But we got to call GDOT for that one. And that's a whole nother podcast. Yeah.
2: Whole another podcast that probably will get us, uh, probably will get us canceled and when they on build Twitter.
3: BRT in 2054 or whatever, you know. Um, uh,
2: But a couple of the other notes that came out, it came out of this in terms of more athletic specific things. Esports Arena was one of the things that was mentioned, yeah. which I found really interesting, especially yeah. considering techs actually surprisingly
0: very competitive. Very competitive. Of this is
2: surprising for tech, but no, like no. very healthy esports competitive yes, culture. Yes. No, I um, think it's it's and, kind uh,
0: of a, it's kind of a shame we don't have like we yeah. have events, but like it feels like we should be having w- major events. Um I've talked to some people who work with GTRI and other places that have like thought about like how to best do this. There isn't like a great space for it. Ideally you would use McCamish. Ideally, um, Ideally, Ideally you would use McCamish, but here's the problem. There's no loading dock at McCamish.
3: so nope, can't that's why truck you don't in.
0: get back out so you can't truck in oh well various... also, I mean you can't truck in anything it. basically like if you yeah. want to bring a lot of equipment in you have to literally take it through the yeah. doors at mm-hmm. the top yeah, and you can't get stare it down to port level no you have to take stairs and build it. you have to build infrastructure just to get things inside the building so it's incredibly infeasible to do i think like a really good LAN tournament that you yeah. would, that tech would kill at hosting land party i will do it in o'keefe the the land parties that tech could host no air conditioning is insane um they're getting better on the air conditioning there but um point stands but yeah but they they added but i think here's the note here is they're adding they mentioned esports in the same breath as they did all the other recreational needs that they know students are going to have to get to add the green spaces because sackfields is only so good and used all the time by non-tech entities the burger bowl is unusable yep. half the year because it's either too dry or too wet, and, um, and, and that's
3: the thing too about the sack fields is, I love being a thing that the community can use, but if the tech community can't use it and they need this space, then like, yeah. sorry, rec league soccer guys, yeah. but you know, like intramural not intramural, uh, like club ultimate frisbee needs that space. Yeah, I'll
0: note that a lot of a lot of these green spaces they were thinking about, they're they're that where they're going to be pos- ideally positioned is. Like behind Z Bar, back on that yep. west side of campus, where there's that new building that's probably gonna that's gonna go up all behind the CRC. Where we wanted like to that, put the
3: soccer stadium? No,
0: that, um, that is. That's
3: more. You're talking about closer to the Marietta. Art.
0: Uh, yeah, I guess. And then the other spot was along North Ave because basically Coke and Tech own all of the property from from Techwood Drive on North Ab all the way up to Northside Drive. And and so and that includes the new that includes the Randall Brothers property, which there's a lot of a lot of talk about what will happen there. And so ideally, you put some people there. Art density, Art Square is going to go there, and then you can put some more green space there too, because and, you got all the work space in the world.
3: And the thing is too, there's already a deck along north side or on North Avenue there, um, along with Coke's facilities there. They have a big chunk of surface parking where the Burge Apartments used to be, where there has to be some sort of usable activatable space oh is it just that green app.
2: space that is a football parking game? no no uh
3: no no, no that's roosevelt apartments that you're thinking of that was kablamo burge was a tech uh building but basically where i'm going with this one thing that they say a lot in this presentation is like tech lacks and, and they correctly noted that tech lacks a college town type area yeah and then all this land with disgusting use along the parking lots i just mentioned on north avenue the the grassy field you mentioned on north avenue but also like where hr and the post sorting building and like all those just like like kind of bleak looking buildings there's a lot of
0: potential architecture
3: yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. big brick with no windows you know there's there's a lot of spaces that can be activated repurposed reused in into a way to do placemaking which tech in the core has done a phenomenal job of i mean i think we based on our various years that we became associated with tech we th- fail to realize that like very recently outside of van Leer was just like parking lot and streets yeah and like that atlantic atlantic went all the way up to 10th and it was mm-hmm. just a road
2: you can see it on oh, google, yeah. google earth it was 2007 that was not that long ago the Coke was no. a parking like in 2007 yeah. also a parking lot yeah. so yeah. Th- there's, and, a, there's, there's an the power dude. of master
3: planning this kind of stuff though right like mm-hmm. eco commons has been a drawn out process but it's something that they've done piece by piece as renovations have come up you know getting rid of the old nuclear reactor site putting in parking decks so they can take out parking spots and you know maybe we try and find ways to encourage other mode shift but it's atlanta so we need a lot of help with that that's not something tech can do on its own but when you scoop all that land together put it in a parking deck and maybe have some uses there like the research that they put on the front of um the Downey Street deck or the one in Tech Square um mm-hmm. by the hotel. You know how there's like the the cladding, there's like offices on the side, but the hotel deck is behind it. You know, stuff like that yep. where it's Activatable you know, space. you're activated, yeah, and people are coming and going, and bam, now you have this ego commons because it's not, you know, a bunch of acres of crumbly asphalt. Yes. Like, yes. That holds a bunch of police cars behind. And the, the record trailer. Trailer yeah, it
0: wasn't, it wasn't, I wanna be specific though. We mentioned like we, we brought up the soccer field idea the, the they mentioned in the presentation, which this is public to like watch, like anyone yeah. can go find this. This is not secret information that we're talking about. here. And
3: this is why we held off on doing this till after I found a public one of these, because yes. I was like, eh, we should probably make sure that it's so something. This that we is
0: can- yeah, you can just, you can find this. It's on their strategy, their, their long-term plan page, but they, the, one of the slides does include a sketch of where a ncaa regulation soccer field would go they put it yep. in right behind the crc like across from techwood techwood tech parkway, tech parkway right Marietta it, Artery, right behind it there uh, are buildings that exist there right now um so that's the thing they would have to be able to get on they did not say in any so way like the shape or, fargo no 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 no, 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 no. crc crc where
3: the flyover ramp is from north side Oh, yeah, yeah that's yeah, going to be a yeah. project, huh? No, but south of there. It's not, like, on top of the uh, flyover. So uh,
0: I'll be, uh, to be very, very specific, they in no way, shape, or form, said that it was definite. It was just a sketch. It wasn't even a confirmation of that there would even be. Nothing people. is. And added a team or anything like that. It was just like the We just know this probably is a thing we should think about. So they just put that there as a, as a for example more than anything. And to also demonstrate that you can fit various sized fields along there. So to give it just a demonstration of what was feasible for with the property at the time.
2: Yep. Uh, just to sort of round out some of these other space drivers, we talked a lot about just growth, like student life and athletics growth needs. I yep. think our growth drivers, along with that, um, we mentioned connection spaces earlier, like the tech connector in the middle of, in hey. the middle of, uh, uh, Glennon towers. Um, there was also an opportunity to build some more resources. Like a, there was a mention of a teaching kitchen, mm-hmm. um, building specifically for, um, the counseling center,
3: Right, that's become. Yeah. Uh, that's that will easily
0: down, be down one of the level. most important buildings on campus as and, soon as and they build. They, built they
3: acknowledged um, the Peter's Park dilemma of how yes. that land was bequeathed yes. for active space, and uh, we got cute in whenever we built Peter's Park, you know, I could put basketball courts on top. It's like, well, that's not really how that works. Yeah, no. yeah,
0: and the tennis courts um, are pretty bad there too. So not even yeah, flat. Those, not even oh yeah, those are going to so need bad. to be repaved. Yeah, they yeah. mentioned that too. Um,
2: there was some mention also just of the e- e- ecology. And um, stormwater collection. Uh, I'm not a, a super expert on the topography of uh, Atlanta and Georgia Tech in particular, um, but that tying into how Tech eventually is planning to be uh, more climate friendly and more carbon neutral. We saw that with the Eco Commons, mm-hmm. right, being able to basically be what was it? It was carbon. Positive, right? Yeah, it's big data and data
0: building carbon, ability, positive. carbon yeah. positive. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah.
2: So opportunities like that, I think. If, uh, going along with that, you mentioned mobility, right? Putting more things underneath these parking decks that are just taking up space, yeah, and offering more uh, opportunities for for mobility. I think one of the big quotes or one of the big ideas that was mentioned from the presentation is that a lot of trips on campus. I think that the number or the Phrasing is most trips on campus don't occur where current transit options go. Correct. Yeah. Right. Your yep. stinger buses don't they have, go. Yeah. If you watch it,
0: circle. if you watch it, they have a really cool map, and like the yep. bus routes are just along first. They make they make the circle yep. around campus and go to Tech Square. The biggest routes are cut through right through Tech Green, just wherever the walkways are. Although it's the walkways, it's all the walkways. Yep. It's not the roads. Um, right. Well, that's that's where the
3: Tech Square Express was such a like a game changing right. concept yeah. or idea. It's like oh. We're taking people from the center of campus to Tech Square, which is what they actually want to do, rather than fight their way to a blue right. route and yeah. get to the yeah. corner and not even get all the way to Tech Square. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I think this is an op- it's an, another opportunity to be multimodal, right? I think mm-hmm. one of
2: the major failures with the scooter thing is yeah. that they were everywhere, yeah. right? They were in un they were not in designated locations like Atlanta. Mm-hmm. I mean, this was also you never knew where you could find them. You never knew where you could find them, and you they were also just. As strewn across, right? They were everywhere. This is an opportunity to say, okay, we will still do scooters, but we're going to have them in these designated locations in these parking decks. And now you can get out of your car. If you're maybe mm-hmm. if you're a commuter student yeah. or a faculty member or something like maybe a faculty members is not going to take, yeah. A, yeah. take yeah. a scooter. And they mentioned, they and go. they
0: mentioned that, uh, for the faculty, especially like most of them still prefer the majority of them still prefer to come to campus from by car. And a um, lot of them
3: live in burbs where they have to. And
0: they have to, ever. yeah. But then when they know. get here, they're like, no, we don't want to have to drive on campus. That which makes perfect sense. Everything's close enough. You shouldn't need to drive and add no, extra. No
3: one should ever want to drive on campus. Exactly. First drive. So it's yeah, terrible.
0: basically, and so they, they had this like, the idea also that is that they're not going to hard add hard. any new parking. Like one of the definite parts of this plan is there will be not there will be no net new parking. But one the thing? idea of using the decks as like a pivot point for other kinds of transportation on campus outside of your feet, if you want something else.
3: Well, and one thing there too that they actually acknowledged, which I thought was like, wow, about time, was the fact that North Avenue Marta Station exists too. And if yeah. you think about yeah. this is a this is my go-to example for this. The 36 bus route is at one end, starts at Midtown, and goes to Decatur Station. The amount of people who will take that end to end are probably very few, right? If, nice. if you're Not in nice. Midtown and you're trying to get to Decatur Station, you're probably gonna take Marta to Marta or whatever. Um but what it does allow is that both ends there's a center of gravity, right? Um, and and whether that's Tech Square Express going from Scheller to the Colk and back. But if you're talking about getting people from off campus, if you're going North Ave, boom, right to the Student Center, CRC, Biotech, Midtown, or Scheller Midtown, suddenly you've tied together nodes along the whole thing making it a more effective system. And that's, they've talked about that with bikes too. And I think this is not even a master plan. I think this is like already going ahead is the eventual um, first half cycle track where they're just Mm. trying to make it. So, you know, you can go all the way from the Path Parkway at at Lucky Street at Tech Parkway and boom to Midtown, right? You're creating a network, and that network effect is something that, you see whether it's walking biking heck it, wor- it works for cars too if you make it easier to drive and there's more places where people can effectively and safely do that yeah. they're going to do that it's how you, it's how people make choices right if
2: i can make one joke in your very serious statement what do you think happens first the beltline or the uh, east side um beltline extension or not the beltline streetcar extension the east side streetcar extension or
3: campus light rail East side belt line extension, yeah. you're not playing along with my joke. Yeah. Yeah. It's in like final design, yeah, it is. In finals, yeah. trail. The, belt, playing... the belt line's happening. That's it, that's happening. Good I, I would love to see camp. There's just places that need it in the city more. And this is where I put on my tinfoil hat and say, if you just built like little sky train type or plane train type things coming off of all the MARTA stops, like two stops. Ooh, you cover so the much. That's such a Chicago thing of you to say. The ski
0: lift up Freshman Hill needs to happen. I'm just exactly. th- It needs to happen.
2: No, 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 no. Exactly. They get nothing. They walk. They walk. <laughs> they build up the cash. I was trying.
0: West Campus. I didn't have to suffer.
2: West Campus too. Woo. You yeah. both of you can. It can shove it. Uh, a couple <laughs> of other things that were named as aspirational in terms of uh, space drivers and, and aspirational needs: um, startup and incubation, uh, startup incubation space. I think we've seen that with ATDC and how that much. I mean, we can make faces about it. I just watched you make one, but like, I think part of that, part of Georgia Tech's success, especially on the tech tech square side has been investing in, in startups and startup culture and yeah. developing that with the rest of Atlanta. So there is a, you know, that that's a possible investment that they can continue to make um, other, a couple of other things that would be more community focused, the community gateway center. I'm not entirely sure um all of what that would entail but again yeah, more outreach, they
0: didn't give any details, more
2: yeah more connecting with the city of atlanta is always going to be welcome to me yeah. um a student welcome center which I, I want to come back to in a minute I that
3: was in the new student again i want
2: to i want to come maybe. back
0: to that uh, yeah i'm not too sure about that um, the,
2: the, the Af- affinity group housing i think we've seen pretty successful experiments with some of the freshmen the freshman not leadership organization um, the, yeah, that I forgot what the acronym was, um, non-first-year student housing, so continuing to like renovate North Ab or invest in other spaces like GLC, hmm. right, um, uh, more campus police facilities, more multi-use spaces, more tech connector style spaces, yeah. uh, and gender-neutral bathrooms. So that's, that's kind of what they're looking at in terms of what drives space. Um, renovations is a, is a good point, um, and I'll come back. Uh, I promise this will tie back to the Welcome Center thing. We talk um the paper museum building which I don't the paper choice I don't know what's paper in there anymore it's a paper museum it's just a
3: museum now I'm no like, there's like econ they have classes. they have
0: They're some not. classes there um there's some book binding like old hist- old book preserving things that happen there as well yeah. these I are the took places. a paper
3: making class there for one of my English 1102 lectures that was interesting.
2: But, but these are the buildings that are slated for renovation. so paper yeah. museum cherry emerson guggenheim so aerospace will finally get a renovated building for the first time and cherry emerson is like
0: fires. active right now too like that's been going on for yeah. a while since.
2: oh
3: yeah there has been fences up a
0: they? long time yeah. Skiles
2: might uh, skyles might finally cease to be hurricane proof uh, van Leer, uh parts of its insides have already been renovated mm-hmm. so this is addi- adding to that um as well bunger henry architecture which is that's an interesting space. And they, they, there's some irony in doing a renovation for an architecture school building, mm-hmm. um, couch, which we've discussed earlier, and, uh, and the sustainable thermal systems lab, which I actually I'm not I don't sure know where that is. Honestly, it was I, on the I, list.
0: I just wrote it down. I, I, I that, assume that's, it's what, Google, that's what Google Maps. To, I, this is a building on the other side of North Ave. This is just this is what the map yeah, said. It's, it's on
3: the it's in the Nara tap. Yeah, um, yeah, interesting. But I want to come back to the,
2: the student welcome center thing as part of the campus center renovation because. One of the things that when the renovations to or the discussions to build the rec garage were going on is the, the idea of the campus center was oh, we're going to start doing tours here. One of the major yeah. ideas was, oh, the rec would be in this display case in the central yes. part of the campus center, which it didn't end up, but, but not to the point. And we would start tours from this massive welcome center in the middle of campus instead of them being starting from the Bill Moore Student Success Center right. out by out by the stadium. It's interesting to see that mentioned here. Well, know that those facts, and then see this mentioned here as an aside well, in the actual.
0: What I what so here's my thought here is that they run the tours out of there, but they start the tours just in the theater in there. There's not like a dedicated. Hey, you've never been to Tech before. Here's like an info station, like not like like a welcome center when you cross a state line, like when you go to Florida, and you have the orange juice station. It's basically,
3: white and gold, and like you know, yeah, we
0: don't like have a space for like the student center doesn't have that there like there is the general info desk but there isn't a hey you're touring campus kind of like brochure if table if that got cut. that's my thing i wonder if it got cut um so that's what i, that's yes. what I think that's what... somebody
3: who saw old versions of those yeah
2: i remember because there was like a the wreck in a glass case and they
3: showed us like northwestern's like yeah, purple that's and the white. One, that's yeah. the thing
2: i was thinking because yeah. they showed they, they like showed us that picture and then they were like okay here's the wreck in a glass case the tour guide like facility is right next to it. They're yeah. starting tours right in front of the rack. They're talking about the history of the rack and then they'll walk back out yeah. to the rest of the campus or already in the middle. They do that but, in
0: the sense that like the tours technically are starting like in the built like the room adjacent to it, if you yeah. include the student center, but it's not there isn't a specific touring pit stop area in any of the buildings yeah, on yeah. campus right
2: now. I, I think investing in that is going to be yeah, I I think we sort of stated it. Right. I mean mm-hmm. the entire see to some of our podcast episodes is, and an entire conceit of the series is, is like in, mm-hmm. introducing people to introducing people to tech and showing how how cool it is um uh, we talked about the emerging recommendations for renovations a couple of other big ideas and i think we've touched on these but i just want to make sure we we enumerate them um, and continuing to invest in the core like that main part of campus around yep. around tech green um, making sure that we connect back to the southwestern parts of the city. We have yep. Science Square. We want to build a bridge over the I think it's Tech Parkway and, and North
3: Avenue. Well, right? not just that, you have got that big gash with the railroad tracks and all these buildings that don't that that eventually that that effectively form kind of a wall, yes, to the train tracks, but just even to Marietta. Like it it campus is basically like. Tech, tech parkways kind of here be dragons kind of yeah uh, and i think know?
2: this is something that's come up in a couple of other different uh mediums too right we yeah. talked about tech and, and we said this before tech is sort of walled off in the amount of space it can actually expand to it's never going to have that college town feel because it doesn't have infinite space to gobble up no, that's right not. it's stuck for the most part it's stuck I within would, its four walls i would
3: argue that the college town feel is a thing of density and not having space but like if you look what clemson has done in the last 30 years of their building it's just whoosh like way out the wall or kind of i feel like auburn's done something similar right jack like you got old downtown and then it's like
0: yeah yeah it goes clean
3: to Opelika, right? yeah
0: like, yeah, they're yeah they've done a they also have just a ton of space to work with they everything that exactly, we have exactly. they made twice as big because they could and they also needed to
3: um yeah and that's kind of what clemson did right and georgia Tech is forced to pick things like higher buildings which I'm not. Other than North Ave apartments, I'm not sure anything's taller than Tech Tower. I, I mean, point. Uh, North Ave apartments. Maybe
0: in terms Cros- of oh oh oh, uh, oh. the uh, the library the new library building.
3: Yeah. Yeah, and then Crossland, yeah. Crossland, yeah. I Crossland. didn't know. I didn't know if Crossland, Crossland was higher or if it was same height. But
2: um, but, but the but the point sent. They either have yeah. to build up or they have to find other other, other space. But for the most yep. part, they're they're they they're pretty contained... much they pretty
0: they pretty much said we've got to build up. Like that was the general yeah. notion of what that presentation said was that you're not. There's only so far out we can go. Um, we want to be able to have to be more accessible to the various borders around campus. But in general, like yeah, I. I don't think it's out of the question that in the next 25 years, there's going to be a couple like 20 story dorm buildings just to like, because then you're going to have to do so, something. I mean, a lot you of know? State, state schools
3: did that, but just in the seventies, like yeah. if you go to UNC, like there's some just like monumentally tall, just wham, there's yeah. a yeah. couple. Or if they dorm
0: just decide one day, it's like, all right, Smith, sorry, you're done. And then just call, call it a day Which, on some of these. Would, would be,
3: Much rejoicing. I, maybe <laughs> don't uh, cry for me, Smith Gentina.
0: Happy was the <laughs> okay. land, but uh, yeah. And specifically, <laughs> yeah. And specifically, they also had bridges that they were thinking about, yep. uh, like adding in, in those western parts to connect well, and, to Science and Square and the other parts of campus that aren't on, on that somewhere.
3: point. We've talked about the west side a number of times. The old Bankhead Avenue, so Hollowell Parkway used to be called Bankhead Avenue, and it used to go straight. Into um, basically what is now the Marietta artery, and for a long time the, the old bridge was just sitting over the tracks, abandoned. Um, and I can confirm because I drove past this last week. They're finally tearing that down. Um, so step one of building a new, safe for pedestrians and bikes and other things to cross these railroad tracks that isn't Northside Drive, which you don't want to do, would not recommend God, doing that. Please, do <laughs> please, Northside Drive is a pox
2: upon our species.
3: But the- so, so they're taking that on the Bankhead Avenue bridge, and that would you know, all straight out onto English Avenue, basically. I have another point on that, but we, there was a design contest
2: for that recently, yep. right? Uh,
3: that was the Bridge to Science Square. Okay. I think it is funded in the TSPLOS 2.0 thing, though. Interesting. Something to, something to keep yeah. in mind. But my point in mentioning
2: some of these connection opportunities, right, is that this is something that tech did when it started the Tech Square plan. Yep. It's investing back in the community that it actually exists in, which is not really something that we saw it do, yeah. For the vast majority of the back half of the the 20th century, it was actively tearing those down. Well, yeah, urban renewal will like kind of give Techwood you that.
3: homes, they were like, like, yeah. Now we have North Ave. Kind of urban thing. urban renewal will kind of give you that
0: reputation.
3: Yeah. Oh, um, who but, needs who needs Lucky Street? Bam! Now we have a student center. Like, yeah, I, I, and they have now have the opportunity to invest in
2: these public private partnerships. Yeah and bring some sort of, bring a level of density to these other communities. And not, yeah. and especially with thing, with projects like the Community Gateway Center, you have- And the Marietta uh, Street and, stuff too. Right, you yeah. have opportunities to open up uh, to other parts of Atlanta that you may not, yeah. you, may, you may have, let's say, uh, disconcerted, to put it politely, uh, yeah. in the near past. So I think th- these are all wins, right? These are all very, very good opportunities yeah. and very things that we should they should absolutely take advantage of. Just to go, just to wrap up with a couple last couple of things. You mentioned the two plans, mm-hmm. right? Oh my god, our Slack is going off. Um, we 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 talked a little bit about the two yeah. plans um, a little uh, a little bit ago. The lighter footprint, yep. like you mentioned, does not have the soccer stadium plan. It doesn't have. Uh, a couple of the other nice things like residential infill, it doesn't have no. n- new housing, but it has green space, it has bridges, it has the key point of restoring Peter's parking deck to an actual park, uh, It making sure that the Third Street tunnel is actually usable, right? So there's a, yeah. there's a lot of opportunities here for, for connection again. The heavier footprint, we've talked about a little bit, that has the athletic facilities, that has the has the bridges, that has new housing along with investing in the CAP project, which we've mentioned earlier, but haven't really talked about today. Um, so th- there are, it, it'll obviously it'll remain to see, be seen which of these plans tech ends up going with, right? But I, I there's have, a lot of opportunity for growth. opinion
3: on this. If I you're going to build, get your money's worth. Build, baby, build why why do those, those always be building yeah. abb <laughs> abb um, always be constructing dang it It was right oh damn us. but but yeah. my i think uh,
2: aside from the fact of our of our personal master plan of building a soccer stadium on the connector cap the connector cap oh place. i forgot
0: to mention um they basically said that they, they were they talked about the cap in the in the idea of it's only going to be a half cap
3: yeah yeah B- so B- our, yeah, our, I think, I think
0: our old idea true. of uh, putting the, the grandstands in the O'Keeffe parking lot and having the whole stadium take the breadth of 85-75 south and north, not happening now.
2: I thought that I, well, I'll, I thought they reduced the plan yeah, down to 10th to no,
3: north no, already. Was, 10th to north was the original secondary plan because yeah. way back in the day they wanted to go like 17th. Yeah, they like, wanted to go like 14th. Long
0: way, long, long way.
3: Yeah, And, and then they realized that it's all below grade. Yes. It, um, it was a very dumb plan. Anyways, yeah, I'll, I say build, baby build, and I, that's kind of where I where I leave it. I don't think there was too much from the Q&A that I really got. There wasn't There
0: of- wasn't much in the one that they posted that was big to know. But, um, just that, like, they know they've got to build stuff. Tech's going to grow probably faster than they want, so we're, we're going to be fighting the battle of, we need this thing, we need this thing. Like, we know it's coming. It's just a matter of it actually happening and yes but things.
2: you know what i'm going to enjoy the students complain on whatever future reddit replacement there is they're going to continually complain about campus services and not know that any of this exists but now they have an opportunity to listen
3: to this yeah. and
2: learn and i think that's about where we should leave it mr grant what say you in terms of wrap up
3: i say we wrap it up i don't have my laptop with me tonight so we do not have a historic results pit of the week I am working on a Jeopardy type thing, so TBD there. Um, That might be fun. Uh, We'll see how that works out. Um, But in the meantime, you can find us here in probably two weeks. We'll record next. You can find us in the meantime at FromTheRumbleSeat.com. You can email us your questions, comments, concerns, topic suggestions at FromTheRumbleSeat at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at FTRSBlog. I'm at JakeRan98. Jack is at Jack Nicholas. As always, you can find Section 103 on Twitter, too. They're at Section 103. Check out their clearance. Check out Uh, potential new stuff as well section 103.com you can find us on facebook and instagram and youtube i always forget about youtube at from the rumble seat and podcast wherever fine podcasts are sold please rate review tell your friends we really do appreciate it it's been a great year and we hope uh, to continue along with you all into another great academic and athletic year coming up here in july Uh, and as always good night good luck and